With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So often we're afraid to take a step. Action. Even the smallest amount of action, right? That level of momentum to do one little thing, right? If you have an idea, spend some dedicated time researching that idea. If you have, do a do a, a prototype of something. Do a mind map of something. But just take some Take a step forward, even if it's the smallest step. Welcome to the Schmidt List, the podcast for people dedicated to managing successful projects, developing impactful products, and building engaged teams. And now, here's your host, Kurt Schmidt. Styles, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks Kurt, how are you? Doing, living the dream, man. All right, man. Good. <laughs> uh, feeling good. Thanks for coming. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to come in here. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I greatly appreciate the opportunity. So you're over at Studio E. Tell me about Studio E. I am. And what, um, what, what do you guys do over there, and what's your role? Yeah, so my role, I'm president at Studio E. I was brought in by the co-founders, Tom Wiesen and Garvis, several years back to really help them think about what's possible with that business. And for them, it was really kind of a, a lifestyle hobby business at the time, and uh, they really were, were seeing sort of an uptick in, in what, what they were doing and, and had a desire to take it further, and so brought me in to really lead the charge both strategically and operationally. So my background is, is pretty nonlinear. I've run several companies before, have had uh, exposure to private equity, and, and, and just looked at businesses, I think, through a different lens, and it gave me an opportunity to not only sort of kick the tires with them and help sort of lay out a plan. I, I remember the day, in fact, when I laid out uh, kind of our, our my approach to that business, and they, they sort of looked at me and said, hey, this is this is great. We'd, we'd love to do this, but we don't know how to do this. Yes. So do we want to be a part of this? And so, <laughs> so they, yeah, it was, a, it was a bit of sort of date before you get married on both sides, right? So sure, they, sure, had, sure. they had were getting to know me and I joined as a consultant as, at first, which is helping them kind of take the next step. And it, it really worked out into a really cool partnership. Yeah. So they are without a doubt, these, these really big, big thinkers, uh, a bit audacious sometimes in that thinking. Uh, but I really appreciate it because my role is to really ground some of that, kind of take what they give and help bring it to life in a meaningful way. So That's very cool. yeah. So Studio E, Studio we really our purpose as a business, right, mm-hmm. is to help both leaders and organizations create and discover more possibility. So you think of the think of the world we're living in. People always talk about how fast things are changing. People talk about wanting to launch ideas or new products or services. They talk about innovation. We look at at this concept of exploration as kind of a way of being. So how do you embrace exploratory practices? How do you get comfortable navigating in the unknown? And we're naturally not wired to do that. And so Studio We is really a business dedicated to providing programs both at the 
individual level and at the organizational level to get rooted in those practices, mm-hmm. to have a learning community with which you do that, and to really explore your way forward, right? So we've been doing that for, for the last, I guess, almost seven years. I've been with the team for the last four years, and mm-hmm. it's just a lot of fun seeing the possibilities that get created every day at the studio. Yeah, I can imagine you've got some pretty amazing people that come through there in terms of not even just from the going through the program thing, but you bring in a lot of speakers and yeah. people from outside to come in and talk to. It's not just Studio E right. constantly telling them what to do. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's actually, I don't want to call it a cheat because that, that, that's not, a, <laughs> it's not, a, it's not a, a good way to think about it. But we really, I think, yes, there are foundational competencies and practices that we teach. I think, I think the kind of the secret sauce that we have is we're more of a, of a, of a platform and framework to bring a lot of practices into. So mm-hmm. a lot of what we've at the foundation of Studio E is actually some work done out of Babson College. So Babson, probably the leading entrepreneurial school in, in the world at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, small little college just outside of Boston, but if you talk about entrepreneurship, they are sort of the the, the upper echelon of that, that okay. conversation. They have an entire program called Entrepreneurial Thought in Action, so ETNA. And at the foundation of what we do at Studio E is a lot of those is a lot of that work. Mm-hmm. What we've done is we've taken sort of that curriculum, turn it into framework and exercise and practice, and ultimately learning experiences where we can sort of bring that to life and allow people to practice it in their daily, whether that's daily professionally or daily personally. So much of it is how do you explore or how do you move forward and, and embrace those things. So at the end at the end of it all, we get the opportunity to not just create and teach what we teach, but be a platform for others and allow people, I think, opportunities to explore, whether that, to your point, is a speaker event that wouldn't they wouldn't normally have exposure to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or that's some other learning that we can bring to them, that's which is cool. great. Yeah. So the, so when let's talk about some of the actual courses and things mm-hmm. that are, are happening in there. Um, is this how intensive is this? Is this a year long commitment? Is this a yeah. s- uh, six days and we're out the door? Right, right. I would say it depends. But our uh, really, if you think of the, the organization as having two tracks, right? So Studio E has a track for individuals. If you're an individual leader and, and lifelong learner that wants to go through Studio E, it really starts with a year long journey. We call it expedition. So you join an expedition cohort. Those cohorts are roughly 15 people. And we launch only four of those a year. And that's with intention. We don't, at this point, have huge aspirations of of wanting to launch five, six, seven, sure. eight of these, right? We want to be really intentional about that. And But it is a year long. And so you have four dedicated days throughout that year that you're sort of in session with us. You're with your cohort. You're over at the studio learning and, and not just learning our practices, but connecting with this group. Right. And then there's opportunities in between those four touch points, whether those are speaker events, whether those are are what we call idea slams, whether those we actually have six competency workshops that we do throughout the year. There are other learning experiences people can tap into to get as much uh, out of the program as they want. So it is very comprehensive. Aside from those four dedicated days, I would say there isn't an expectation that people do everything else. We have some people that all they do is go to those four days. We have other people that tap into every single opportunity they can. Sure. And then in the back end of that year-long experience, the way that people stay connected and engaged with the community and ultimately have a, have access to, to, to what we're doing is through a program. It's an ongoing program called Explorers. So once you've kind of graduated from the expedition program, you can stay in on a month-to-month program called Explorers and it gives you access to the workshops, the events, our clubhouse space, and, and yeah. the like. Yep. So what where when most people come in through that individual door, if you will, yeah. wh- where are they at in... Uh, where are they? Where I mean, I'm guessing it's all across the map. Uh, yeah. But 
where what's a lot of the first things you're hearing about? Because I'm thinking to myself as a listener to the show right now, well, that sounds really interesting, but I don't know if I'm in a place ready for Is that it right or, for me? Or, yeah. Or, yeah. or maybe that time has passed and I've been at Target for 15 years. So, yep. I'm, uh, you know, where are a lot of the people are coming in? Where are they? Yeah. I think what we probably hear most is I'm not ready for it yet, right? Like I'm too busy or this, you know, this sounds amazing. I would love, I would love to consider it in a year. And, and the easy response and the very sincere response, it sometimes probably doesn't feel that way, but is if that's what you're saying and feeling, you're, you're actually ready for it right now, right? Now, this is the time that you should be setting aside uh, moments for yourself, right? Building it in so that you are learning and growing and, and dedicating energy for you as well, right? In your own development. But you asked the question of, of kind of the, the cult, the archetype, or who's showing up or where are they at? You are right in saying that it's all over the map. But I would say most people, most people are, are and they can be at any sort of level in their career. Most have had some experience, right? We're not, we're not, not that we wouldn't be for somebody fresh out of school or something like that, but they've had, they've had enough experience to sort of be dangerous with where they're at. Mm-hmm. They're, they're probably feeling a bit stuck in where they're at. Um, like, Hey, you know, I've, I've been on the same path. There's more opportunity elsewhere. I have an idea of something I want to go do or try, but I just don't have the courage or the confidence to do that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe they have tried things in the past and it hasn't worked, right? They could be a, a corporate leader or an executive someplace saying, Hey, you know, I've been on this, I've been on this, this path. I've been climbing this ladder for a long time. And on the surface, on paper, I've had a ton of success, mm. but I'm, I'm a bit dissatisfied, right? I don't, I don't feel complete yet in this journey and I want something more, or I'm so far up that path and I'm so, I'm so ingrained in the business that I'm in. I have no exposure to things outside of my lane, right? And so at the heart of what we actually teach is, is, is the notion of learning community and that you learn the most from people who know things that you don't, mm-hmm. right? And so finding, finding places where you can surround yourself with people of all walks of life that are doing different things that have different levels of experience is the best place to learn. Yeah. Yet we're not naturally, I think from society and also I think from a, from a business standpoint, that's just not ultimately how people position themselves. It's like, as I climb that ladder, I've got, I'm going to got to, you know, one, it's, it's, I have to spend more time doing what I do because it's important. And, and two, as you climb, there's also this, this notion of, well, I, I, I can't dare not know something, yeah. if that makes sense. That's because it's um, scary. That's, it is scary. And it's like, I've, I've, I'm, I've been elevated and I continue to grow and that's based on my knowledge. And if, if I'm admitting or or, or thinking about things that I don't know, well, that that's mm-hmm. not for me. And so ultimately, we end up with a lot of people that that are looking for more, may not know exactly how to go get that or where to find it. We always ask people to bring an idea to the studio, right? So it's this notion of work on something that is you are passionate about. Mm-hmm. It should be something that, and it can be a huge, huge, audacious idea. It can be something really small, okay. but it is about applying do those ideas, the practices to something that, that is important to you. Do those ideas change during the course of it frequently? Um, I, I, w- I would say at least 50% of the time, yes, <laughs> okay. right? For a variety of reasons. Sure, yeah. But once it like actually hits that community that you're building, I can imagine it like has to it ricochets in weird ways. Yeah. <laughs> well, and as, as you know, right, in a big part of, of, of this exploratory practice is you are exploring. Mm-hmm. And so when you're out there just exploring, stuff shows up, you know? And, and it is, we talk about MVP and we talk about iterative process and you say, okay, one turn of the wheel, it may look a little different on the backside of that. You may discover something that you didn't know before that makes the idea that much more valuable or mm-hmm. makes it not so valuable to right. you, sends it in a total different trajectory. And that's absolutely 
okay. Like that's what makes it fun. And and where I what I love doing is is comparing to some degree where people start in the journey and where they end. And some people stick with the same idea and it just grows and gets nurtured through mm-hmm. the process. Other people j- jump all over the map. But that that I'll call it that through line of what they're learning and how they're applying it yeah. is what needs to hold. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Well, and I think yeah. again, it's it's when <laughs> and I. I it's it's when a company you like you mentioned bringing corporations and things through when a company's really ready for change i mean these types of things make sense because everybody talks about digital transformation when it's actually there's nothing digital about it it's all cultural transformation yeah. right this agile transformation is culture transformation yeah. and having leaders that are okay with experimentation i mean i did a talk about a year ago uh, with a group of cios and one of the persons people said, we really want to talk about experimentation. I was like, cool. What do you want to talk about? Hmm. It's a broad subject. They were like, how do you do it? <laughs> well, and yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, okay, so innovation, transformation, these are all these buzzwords mm-hmm. that, I mean, change is change. Everything needs to change. There's evolution everywhere, right? That's 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 kind of here to stay. I mean, how many organizations, how many big organizations have, have sort of carved out innovation groups only to find that those groups get side-pocketed, have their own budgets, have their own, ultimately have their own culture. Things get designed, things get ideated on, things get thrown back over the wall, and it all falls apart. Don't need to name names, but we've all seen that to some degree. I know you've been exposed to it, and mm-hmm. you say to yourself, well, if, if you really have to side pocket those things, if you, if you really have to sort of think about change or think about transformation or think about innovation as something totally separate than your daily operation, there's something broken in that. Like, we all have to sort of accept and get excited about that evolutionary process, you know, kind of... 365 days of the year, right? It needs to be part of, at least we believe culturally it should be part uh, of what every organization is doing and is getting comfortable with. And uh, at the organizational level, that's a lot of the work that we're doing, right? So on one hand, we have these tracks and these programs for individuals, but we do get get brought into organizations to help them approach their business differently, to help them think about the mindset of exploration as as a way of being that culturally they want to adopt, because that, that allows space for sort of ongoing everyday transformation and change that will naturally show up and is needed versus, no, we have to, today's the day that we're going to start doing change management or we're going to do a transformational program. And you go, wait, why just today? And where does that stop and why should it stop? So, yeah, yeah I, 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 I hear you and I totally agree from, from our, our standpoint. It should be a practice you're doing all the time and people need to get more comfortable with it. Yeah, so. because it's not just about because they, they've talked about and then there's the other side. There's like that, that corporate side. And then there's like this entrepreneur porn that goes on out there with the Gary V's and oh, yeah. different things. Right. Where it's like I'm going to I'm going to do a startup and they just don't understand like the amount of energy and effort and passion that would need to go into right. making something successful. It is not this, if you build it, they will come sort of right. thing. But I can imagine, and that's why I asked specifically like where people are at when they're showing yeah. up there, because I know um, it's almost like a 12-step sort of thing, like this <laughs> anger denial and these things that go through, because I can imagine that a lot of times when people are showing up to you, it isn't there, it's not the first place they went 
for, yeah, often, for assistance, right? Told, yeah, you're absolutely right. So a lot of times they've tried other things mm-hmm. or they've looked to other places or they've just sort of pounded their head against the wall within the organization time and time again and they keep hitting the dead end. Or, I read all the Simon Sinek books. That's ex- yeah, that's, that's exactly right. They didn't work. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> and, 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 and a lot of it is you can, you know, and, and we're, you know, again, being committed to be a lifelong learner. I've read a lot of books too. I know you have and, <laughs> and, and it's important, but it's also important to start putting those things into practice. And I think that's one of the unique things that, that we get to do with folks is we get to be side by side with them as they put it into practice. Mm-hmm. They try things. And we often say the studio is a safe place to act and think dangerously. Push yourself, challenge yourself, try something new. And it's okay to quote unquote fail in this space. It's okay to slip and fall. That's what we're, you learn from those right. moments. Yep. So yeah, what happens is people will say, you know, I've tried, you know, we even organizations will come to us and it's, it's this moment of being stuck. We've tried to do it a different way. Mm-hmm. We've, we, you know, in the whole concept of the innovation, we've tried to innovate doing it that way. It hasn't worked. People of, often look at us and say, well, are you an innovation firm? And I'll say, well, no, but the practices and the methods that we're teaching, the mindset that we're mm-hmm. uh, embracing, and we hope that you can embrace, will allow you to be more innovative, mm-hmm. right? That's an outcome, a potential outcome yep. of it, but we are not an innovation firm. Right. And that's, that's oftentimes a hard thing for people to understand. Yeah, I can so. see that because again, like it goes back to even what we, what we do here at Foundry, for example, we, we're constantly helping people align on what the problem is, hmm. even that we're trying to solve, right? Yeah. Because that's the opportunity that we've found is that, sure, lots of people have ideas on things that they should do, yep. and they want to try those things, and they just want a price for that thing. And it's like, well, should you even do yeah, that? Yeah, is that thing? really what you should be doing? Right. And so that's why over the years, we've really built our strategy muscles and things to help us and allow us to really explore that space with our clients to be able to actually produce something that actually solves the problem. So in your mind, stuff like I'm listening to the show and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that sounds all great. But like, what's something I could do today that would help push me forward from styles of your opinion, your experience, right? I've got this idea and maybe, yeah, sure. Maybe I can't just join studio eight tomorrow, but like, where do you start? Like where, where do you suggest people start when they get those ideas to like, like I said, we try to make sure are those the real, is that the real idea or problem you're yep. trying to solve? What's your thoughts? Yeah. So, um, I'll, I'll kind of frame it up two ways. Number one, I I completely understand the challenge of sort of the alignment on is this even the right thing you should be doing or mm-hmm. not, right? So I'll, even a lot of our work, we actually have designed a, what we call an alignment session that in our, the organizational work we do, we might be running a 12-month program within a company. We will oftentimes do an alignment session on the front end, do exactly what you're talking about, mm-hmm. which is let's really peel back the onion and understand what they're trying to accomplish, if, if the idea that they have will actually do that or not. Let's sort of let's get a line on what we're going after and why we're why we're going after it. But kind of backtracking to the to the the question at hand around that kind of like what what can I do now? It's funny you said you know the the concept of just start. So uh, there's a book <laughs> called Just Start by Len Schlesinger, formerly of of, of of Babson, and I would say it's actually just that. You know, so often we're afraid to take a step, mm-hmm. action. Even the smallest amount of action, right? That level of momentum to do one little thing, right? If you have an idea, spend some dedicated time researching that idea. If you have, do a do a, a prototype of something, do a mind map of something, but just take some 
take a step forward, even if it's the smallest step. In part because one, that momentum builds, um, and what, and not only is that momentum one little step building to two little steps building to three helps you make progress, but that progress is actually what's going to build confidence in that idea ultimately. What will weaken that confidence is if you just sit there and don't take action, right? Mm-hmm. And we've, I've been in that position before. I'm actually not, I would say, biologically wired to take action, <laughs> right? I just know that about myself, sure. but I've learned through experience that I, you got to get uncomfortable and just go do something. And it is, you know, again, it is sometimes just about taking that first step and following that up with some reflection and taking another step. Yeah. Um, and we, believe it or not, that's a really hard thing for most people to do. We, you know, we teach it at the studio. We practice it at the studio. We talk about monthly MVPs that determine what is the, the smallest, most incremental thing you can do that can have the most value on that idea mm-hmm. in the moment, right? Go do that. See what shows up. Reflect on it. Take some more action. Yep. Well, so. to that point, here's the argument that I hear on occasion from people, which is, but what if somebody steals my idea? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I literally had a, a person reach out to me, like, it was probably two years ago, but they, they wanted to sign an NDA, they wanted all this stuff, and then they... They didn't even Google it because they thought Google would <laughs> steal the idea yeah. from their Google search. Yeah, they're scan. They're scanning. We hear that all the time too. Yeah, right? they're scanning. So and don't look up a URL because somebody's watching is going to buy it. Right. So, yeah. so, but us, we we have we have the exact opposite kind of philosophy here at Foundry. We were like scream it from the rooftops. Tell everybody where where do you stand on that, Styles? Well, I think I think I stand because people are afraid that the yeah. There's 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 two there's taken. two things I would say to that. Right. Number two. If you're not taking action out of fear that your idea is going to be stolen, someone's going to steal your idea eventually. Anyway, <laughs> if it's a good idea, right? They're going to th- like they're gonna someone's going to show up. Yeah. But so, so either act now or you act later. If you wait to act, someone's going to be there more more likely than not, right? So that's number one. Number two, we've all you know. I think we've heard it before, but but ideas are really cheap. Like. I, there's a, I mean, you can have a, a billion really bad ideas. You can have a really, you can have a billion really good ideas. But at the end of the day, the idea really isn't worth a whole lot mm-hmm. until you do something with the, the idea, right? the execution of that idea, the, the 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 ability to put that idea into play and do something with it is what matters. Well, that's never going to happen if you don't take a step. Right. <laughs> so either way, like, <laughs> right. you know, and and I also think something else that at least for me, and this is more of a personal thing, um, so much of where. You know, uh, again, I talk about this nonlinear career and this notion that I've just been really fortunate. Some of it's dumb luck, some of it's just circumstance, but I've had a lot of different experience, and it's 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 almost this. You know, the other thing that shows up all the time is the fear of failure. Well, I'm going to try it, and it's not going to work, right? I'm going to mm-hmm. try, and I don't want that. Well, mm-hmm. I don't want to waste my time. I don't waste my time if it's not going to work, and 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 I think the thing that that at least I have maybe you know almost naively done is I'm not a I don't. I don't have that fear of failure, you know, and I think that's that's something that I want more people to embrace. Is it's okay to try something? Like yeah. you will learn, you can try a lot of things in life. And yes, have I failed? Of course I have. But you, you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, and you, you chalk it up as I learned a lot from that experience. And I probably won't do some of those things again. Yeah. And so the fear of failure. I mean, I've, how many you know how many times have I had somebody come to me and say, I really want to go do X. I want to leave my job and go launch something. Or I have a really great idea, but I'm afraid to tell my boss about it. Whatever it is, and you say, well, 
What's the worst that can happen? And oftentimes the worst thing that can happen really isn't that bad. But somehow we're wired to think yeah. that like the failure is to, like, oh, every the sky's falling. Yeah. And that's not the case. Well, so. that's why I like the Studio E model, because I think where you're doing it really well is building that community side of it, because mm. it's like the whole accountability sort of thing, right? Is like if you're showing up every day at these at these or at every workshop and every one of these events and things and the people next to you are maybe that person stuck their toe in the water and you're like oh i guess it's not burning right and then you see somebody else just dive in and yeah having those people along with you on that and that journey sounds like it's a really positive um, thing to getting around that procrastination that you're talking about it is and and we we i think take a lot of pride in the fact that our we we are fortunate to have a really amazing community of people the people that show up the people that have gone through studio we we joke that you know we don't have a lot of requirements as it as it pertains to sort of the the vetting process to join but one of those requirement requirements is a no assholes policy so <laughs> i hope i can say that on the podcast but but and and as much as I see that with a with a smirk and a smile, there's a lot of truth in that. Oh, that, sure. that you know, we want like-minded people that believe in the reciprocity of of being there for each other and mm-hmm. supporting each other and learning from each other. This isn't just about me coming up and coming into the program and saying, "Hey, what can I get out of this for me?" It's about how what can I get out of it for me, and how how do I support others in this journey too? Mm-hmm. Um, being community-minded is another one of those those sort of those qualifiers. So our community is something special. It's actually one of the hardest things about I'll call it our business model is that we are here teaching and guiding and there's if you want to call it a curriculum there is a program element but maintaining that community is a real thing that we know people get value out of mm-hmm. um, and so finding sort of the right the right balance of how do you bring that community together how do you keep that community together people go on this this year-long journey together and then what? Those are all the things we continue to solve for because we know that's of value and we know people really uh, get a lot out of it. And it so. grows exponentially, right? I mean, how yeah. many people have gone through the program? So we put about just about 1,000 people through the program since inception, the individual program. And if you start including the organizational teams that we've put through it, uh, we're probably approaching about 2,000 people. Yeah. So, And that's then we big, think... That's a fast-growing community yeah. to keep track of. Especially <laughs> with the cons- Yeah, especially with yeah. the constraints that we have today of we're only putting roughly 100 people through... Uh, a year, right, through that individual program. So we, we're, we're continuing to sort of turn the wheel on how do we how do we thoughtfully continue to sort of spread the gospel, if you will, and evangelize what we're doing and, and, and build that build that community even bigger, better, and stronger while still really appreciating uh, and valuing how closely knit it is and how, how much of a family it already feels like it is because of the people that are at the table. So, so do I, do I, do you get people that this is about their in the individual slot, is yeah. it about like I want to start a business, or I want to start, I want to jazz up my career, or I want to do the next, I want to be the next Elon Musk? Like what? Mm-hmm. Like what do you see? Is it all of the above? I would say it's yeah, it's it's answered uh, D, all of the above. But but again, I think you know from the notion of of having people in from all walks of life. Right? You could be in a cohort next to a C-suite executive from a Fortune 100, next to an artist, next to a community leader, next to a nonprofit uh, middle manager. Next to somebody from uh, a religious organization mm-hmm. in town, right? Okay. So it 
the, the, the person showing up could have, is often very, very, I wouldn't say diverse, but comes from a variety of background. What the theme that holds true is this notion of sort of wanting and knowing there is something more that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. It could be for within the organization, right? So that's that sort of right. Fortune 100 that says, hey, I need, I want to be, I want to be able to lead and grow and nurture this organization differently. Could be a cultural change, could be, could be a strategic shift, could be a product service shift. Right, but there is something there. We we call it an idea that they have that they want to move forward. Right? It could be an, a budding entrepreneur that says, "Hey, I've been I've been an, uh, an executive leader within an organization. I'm, I want to take the step and do something on my own. I have an idea. I have mm-hmm. a business I want to start." It's often, you know, we have we've we've actually been really lucky to have a lot of people, even from the arts community and from the nonprofit sector, come through saying, "Hey, we want to create change and impact in a different way, and we just don't know how to do that, or we have an idea, but we don't know how to put that." Uh, to work. And so I would say the, the, the type of person is not about the education level they have or the number of years of experience or the salary they make or the type of organization they work for. They're all on a quest to, to sort of build a more prosperous future for themselves, for their community, and for their organizations. They want to learn how to explore their way forward and create change, mm-hmm. right? Uh, could be launching an idea. could just be building a different culture. Yeah. And that's that's what people show up with and, and, and are desiring. That's cool. Yeah. Do you feel that the the processes that you do at Studio E have have changed over the years? Has it been kind of still like, well, it's still this foundational thing we did seven years ago? Yeah. Or has the social economic climate <laughs> impacted how you go about the work? Yeah, it's funny. So I would say we've built upon it, right? Mm-hmm. So at, at, at the foundation of it, the foundation of it, our competencies and our practices are still the same. Mm-hmm. We continue to add to them over time because there, there's new learnings, new practices that we're building and teaching. I would say what's probably changed the most, um, and it plays back into that, that whole business model piece, is you go back to seven years ago, even think about when, you know, when the iPhone came out, yeah, right? And yeah. like, you know, we're all walking around on, on our devices and 50% of us are on, on iPhones. When Tom and Nate came up with this business, the iPhone had just come out. Okay. And now here we are, and that's just a common thing. So, mm-hmm. um, the one thing that I would say that is changing for us is I'll say the speed at which we're delivering it. Oh, all sure. right. So it's, it's less about the, I'll call it curriculum or less about the practices, uh, and the tools that we have. Those are very fundamental to us and we're adding to those, but it's, it's the how and the where it's getting delivered. Mm-hmm. You know, we are finding, you know, that at the end of the day, you've got a lot of people that can dedicate the time to the program. They can carve out a day once sure. a quarter for it. And then we have some people that say, I just don't have that capacity. We have some people, actually, it's why we launched our workshop series last year was because people were hungry for more, but they couldn't dedicate full days. So mm-hmm. let's say, what, if, what does it look like to do a three or four hour workshop versus a full day of something? Mm-hmm. So taking smaller bites of the apple, if you will. And it allows us to go deeper on things. So a lot of people like, you know, mindset is a competency we teach or enrollment is a competency we teach. Well, you can only get so much in a single day. Well, Mm -hmm. if I want to go deeper, what do you do? So I would say finding new ways to deliver it as well as adding on to this platform that we have, this foundation of practices is really how that's evolving. Yeah, Yeah. makes, I like that. Yeah. So I think, and why I'm attracted to this sort of teaching and this sort of approach is because for me, I've always, 
I've always needed context in order for to learn things and having going out and reading those leadership books and hmm. things that we talked about. And yeah. there's a, they're very theoretical, they're very high level. And yeah. I'm not getting the context out of it that because yeah. I can imagine where you're finding a lot of success is somebody being able to say like, that's a cool concept, but this salesperson's a jerk. Mm-hmm. Right. So what can I do about, you know what I mean? Where's yeah. a book or an ebook or a podcast or something? I can't, I mean, I can scream at the book and be like, what are you talking like, <laughs> about? That doesn't work where I'm at. <laughs> right. Yep. And that's where I could see. W- would you say that that's a lot of the value that comes out of that as well? Yeah. Like, I mean, textual. Yeah. One, it's, it is context, right? It's about, it's about the ability to put it into play. It's mm-hmm. like, well, I actually get to work on trying it as opposed to just the theory of it and reading it in a book. It's really hard, you know, to read in a book and then kind of go take it and put it in practice. Even if you can contextually find a spot for it, it's like, oh, I've never done that before. And do I really want to try that with my current team? Or do I really want to share that idea with my business part, whatever. It's, mm-hmm. It doesn't feel comfortable always. And then, yes, the context of it is very real. I think there's also a lot of value in working side by side with people that are sort of struggling with the practices right. the same way. Like right. in, we have a, a, a day on ideation and part of that day is about drawing. And like, it's amazing how many people are afraid to draw. Oh, it's like the fear of speaking. Like we, we, we do workshops and things. We'll have certain, like during yeah. design sprints and things, we'll have people do some drawing. And there's people that literally cross their arms in their like I, I, I can't even draw a stick person, and it's like, can you draw a circle? Yeah, can you draw how about a square? A, how about, how about a, uh, something that looks kind of like a square, right? Yeah, like, can, can we you just do, do that? that? If you can do that, you can draw. We're good, right? Yeah, and so, you know, again, it's it's a it's a it's a simple example of sitting arm in arm with other people, sort of being vulnerable in that moment, having guides along with you that are making it enjoyable to stretch your mind, stretch yourself, try new things. That that sort of experiential component of it is a big part of it too for us. So it's about context, but it's about also about experience and doing it, you know, and again, it's doing it in a, in a, in a fun, inspiring way that people feel they can sort of be unleashed with. It's like, well, Hey, I, you know, and it takes a while, you know, it's actually really interesting to see people come in on day one with a little bit of like, well, what is this and what are we doing? And I'm not <laughs> sure, you know, and, and we, we, it's almost intentionally don't give a lot of lead on what the day's going to look like. Okay. We tell you what kind of what to wear, be comfortable, show <laughs> sure. up, be, you know, be prepared for a fun day, but it's kind of, it. Yeah, and yeah. and they get through day one and then they get excited for day two and mm-hmm. the, mo- the sort of that momentum builds. And I think a lot of it is because they're able to start applying these things and put it in to put it into play in the moment. Right. Yeah. So and that's where I, like I said, I, that's where I see the value because the same thing with like the workshops we do, even though the outcome is usually different, but it's, it is about people being able to raise their hand and be like, well, that doesn't work in the, where I'm at right now yeah, or, right. or this or that. And allows you to like be able to pivot and move and have those discussions with people or for people to lean on each other and say, well, actually I have that same problem and this does work for me and here's why right. and things, yep. right? Because to your point, I think the real value is, is obviously in the curriculum and things that you bring, but those other people around you that are saying, yeah, me too, mm-hmm. or yeah, uh, I've been there, but this is how I did it too. Again, it's that it's that teaching through the community yeah. and not just styles and crew just pointing down and being like, do it this way. Right. right? That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're learning side by side. You're, yep. you're not only supporting each other. Some of that support comes with challenging each other. Mm-hmm. We talk, we talk a lot about sort of like reframing and it's really easy to say, well, cross your arms. That's not going to work for me. But at the end of the day, you say, well, let's think about it just a little differently. Like how can we approach that same problem from a different vantage point that may lead to a different outcome? Mm-hmm. And it, it often takes either, you know, it often takes either us helping that or, or 
are their peers getting them there? You know, it's that it's the that community element of it. And 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 oftentimes it's actually not about somebody being there sooner than the other person. Right. Or having more experience. It's somebody having a different experience, having a different vantage point that matters, not because they're more senior, have more years of experience than somebody else. I think where where I also see value in what you're doing is, is especially in the corporate side, because they're all going through this transformation piece. They're all trying to. But having people that now have that skill set and being able to drop them in into a place now they can replicate hopefully some of these actions right they've got the muscle built up so hopefully they're taking that and teaching others internally right it isn't constantly like well, you know, now I have to send my entire company through this thing program, right? And it could just be, well, no, I've got this group of influencers, leaders, things yep. like that, that are going to go. Now they can, they can seep it into the organization. Right? Yeah, that's that sort of that, so that ambassador and or evangelist mm-hmm. of it, right? So hey, how do we, how do we, how do we give somebody within an organization the right tools? And it might be a couple of people or whatever, and allow them to drop in uh, and do that work. And so, and, and we 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 can we see that where where organizations will send a couple of folks. We have some companies in town that are committed to sending people to every cohort because they see the value of that, right? And mm-hmm. building in those, having those built-in ambassadors makes sense for them. And so if they can get four more people every year to go through it, that just helps build out that, that group. Sure. And then that's actually what led to the organizational work we do, is people going through the program and saying, this was awesome. I need, I want my entire team Mm -hmm. to go through this, or I want my culture to embrace this. And that's the other interesting thing. We talk about exploration. People say, wait, you're just, you're just teaching people like they got to explore through their life. And like, 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 wait, it's all exploration. I say, where's the ROI? Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's that. (laughs) There we go. So that's actually part of the secret too, is like, we're not saying explore 100% of the time. The the simple portfolio of time that we look at is 70% of any person's time or any organization's time should be pure execution. Mm-hmm. Right, on an individual level, just do do your day, do your job, be, mm-hmm. be a parent, be a be a leader, be a manager, be a team player, do whatever it is. Right, at the organizational level, just execute. Right, provide your products and services, do do the execution. Twenty mm-hmm. percent of the time should be near term innovation, should be improving the execution. Right, so finding ways to enhance the operation. Mm-hmm. Then you're left with ten percent of the time. That ten percent should be pure exploration, and if everybody, to some degree, is doing that, right, now you have a culture where exploration is not only embraced, but it's practiced. Mm-hmm. And ideas are going to show up. Opportunities will show up. Um, more possibility is discovered through that, as opposed to, I run a team of people that is executing 110% at 100% capacity. And you go, there's no room for innovation, let alone exploration. Yeah. And you might be grinding, which is fantastic, but there is no sustainable way forward if that's the case. Yeah. So hopefully that makes sense. No, but it totally does. Because yeah. again, to your point, like I think people know how to execute. They know how to do the job because they're 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 doing the job, right? Yeah. Um, but where it gets less and less ambiguous is in that how do I explore? But explore efficiently, yeah, um, and purposefully, I guess yep. I would say, right? Because yeah. I don't have those muscles necessarily like built up and i think that's what you're saying like you you, studio is helping build that so when the exploration time is there 
I know what to do with it. Yeah, it's that <laughs> it's the practices, so the how to do it and the muscle memory of doing it, yeah. right? So it it becomes habitual in your practice as opposed to oh, I, I calendarized, you know, I put on my calendar, I have to explore for the next two hours. I don't know what to do. Like yeah. that's not that's not the that's not the way it goes. <laughs> you, you got you you've got to you know learn how to do it, right? So it's about you know at its at its core, it's about taking some level of action. It's about learning from that actions through reflection, right? Mm-hmm. And then building upon that, okay? And our practices sort of guide you in that and give you the framework to do that. And then it is about making it uh, making it a hobby or making it a habit, I should say, yeah. and really building it in the time. We have organizations all the time say, show up and say, we would love to be able to do this, but we don't have the capacity to do it. I say, okay, so then we actually have to do some work on creating capacity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we would love to, you know, how many, how many times have we heard, we would love to do it, but to your point, like, where's the ROI in it? Right, where's it? And I would say, well, it's not... The numbers. A, yeah, like, you know, if you, th- like, think about there is return and value if you mm-hmm. think beyond the economic side of it, right? Like, right. it's not just about the efficiency dollar play. It's not just about new sales. It's about what learnings do we have? What new learnings about our industry, about our culture, about our community? What MVPs have we launched? And what have we tried that's worked? And what have we tried that hasn't worked? Yeah. But so often, we, we actually teach uh, a whole thing on metrics. Like, exploratory metrics are so different than your traditional metrics. Mm-hmm. We, we have it's sort of the mindset of a manager or uh, sort of managerial leadership that happens. And we know what that looks like, plans and data and um, ROI. And then you say, well, as an explorer, sometimes you have to really get comfortable with, you know, what are we truly learning? How many, what new connections, how much closer are we as a team because of the work we've done? Mm -hmm. There's value there. And it's about translating that. And that's often where I would say if if organizations are are struggling, they they may say they're embracing exploration as a practice, that they want exploratory leadership to be something that they're practicing, but they're not incentivizing against that. They don't maybe know how. And so our work is about guiding them on the what to do and how to do it and getting them proficient at it and when well-practiced and making it a habit. And then it's about helping them, un- helping them understand how do they embrace it culturally and how do they start incentivizing against it with those metrics. Yeah, so. that's something I talk about on the show a lot is that incentivization yeah. piece is so important and powerful right. um, to find that because that's that's how people know that they're being rewarded for good work or not. Right? Yeah. And you've got to have that clearly spelled out. Well, and it's not, and, and to that exact same point, it's not something you can just say, hey, you know what? I heard about this great thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send a bunch of te- a bunch of my team there. They're going to learn this amazing skill and we're off to the races. And I'm going to um, be 93% more innovative right. when they get back. That's exactly right. <laughs> I um, can see the chart right Yeah, now. right. Um, <laughs> It's got to be embraced top down. Mm-hmm. You know, I, oftentimes we talk about with teams, the leadership team needs to go through this, not necessarily first, but needs to certainly be a part of it. Mm-hmm. It's, you can talk talk the talk all day long. You can say it's something you believe in, but if you're not along for the ride and if you're not understanding at the same level that your team is, and if you're not incentivizing against it, it really, like anything, really won't stick. So, That's yeah. Great. yeah. All right, Stel, so I want to thank you for joining me today. Yeah. I want to know more about Studio E and the work that you do there. Um, obviously, we learned a lot today, but thank for you sure. for that. Where do I go? Where? Yeah. Do I, how do I find So, Stel? yourstudioe.com is our URL. So, yeah, go there, check us out. All of the you know regular social handles apply as well. We do have an event by 
page. So all of our workshops as well as our uh, speaker events are there. We do have some amazing uh, speakers coming up. We run a workshop pretty much every other month at the studio. So there's half-day workshops, mm-hmm. kind of get a taste of some of the things that we're doing. We also run a uh, Fundamentals of Exploratory Leadership half-day workshop. We're doing four of those this year. Mm-hmm. And then our next cohort, so Expedition 32, launches April 21st. So awesome. really excited about that. We're going to bring the next crew of, of folks through. So if people are interested in that program as well, they can actually email membership at yourstudioe.com or again, check us out at our website and there's a contact us there as well. Great. Thanks right. again, Styles. I, I truly appreciate it. I love the work that you're doing yeah. there and uh, thank you so much for sharing the story. You got it, Kurt. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you for listening to The Schmidt List. If you want to learn more about how Foundry accelerates innovation, check out foundrymakes.com. And if you'd like me to speak about establishing a growth mindset at your conference or with your team, drop me a note at kurt at foundrymakes.com. Oh, and the next time you're on the internet, head to iTunes and leave the show a review. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend because sharing is caring. I truly appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show, and I hope you have a fantastic week. Fantastic week.